Hi guys. Hi guys. I'm Chewy. <laughs> I don't talk like that. Hi, so I'm, I'm Chewy, and I just want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. That literally, I if anyone sounds like that, it's you. No, I. But welcome back, guys. Hey, <laughs> welcome back to our fourth episode. Fourth episode, woo. So first of all, thank you for all the support and the nice yeah. messages. It's been so heartwarming. Um, whenever somebody sends us a message, we send it to each other. And then we just like reminisce on it a little bit. Yeah. And I honestly appreciate all the feedback yes. and the and even just the messages from people that we don't talk to. It is so so nice it's like thank you we didn't we literally only thought like two people would listen yeah we really oh uh when we when we released we like did not go on instagram after like for the whole day just because we were so nervous we didn't know what the response was going to be like but it's been overwhelmingly very positive yeah and and one of the things i posted this on my instagram story when we dropped the podcast link was this is about getting out of your comfort zone so for us it's been a huge yeah jump out of our comfort sure. zone for sure so anyways with that being said welcome back to another episode of it is what it is so today's topic is um a mix of uh light-hearted and a mix of mm, we're gonna get deep we're gonna talk yeah. about some real shit okay okay can you just reciprocate my energy yes 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 i'm reciprocating guys juhi is the bruh girl i'm the like emoji girl she's called me that for so many days this past week she's just been like yeah that's the bruh girl over there and then she's the I'm the, emo- like the it's shy like the, emo- girl. the pout emoji, the shy yeah, girl the one. one. With the tears in if, the eyes. If you have no idea what we're talking about, we'll maybe use those emojis in the in the description. <laughs> Lol, yeah. Yeah, but I'm literally I am the emoji girl, the pouty one, and then she's like the bruh, and I'm the like bra protein girl, man. shake. Okay, like, right. squats <laughs> with like not body weight squats, like squats with the freaking. She's the body weight squats. <laughs> I do. <laughs> whatever i'm dead so um yeah but like out here on the podcast suddenly we start recording she's like eh, hi guys well i'm still trying to match your energy my girl yeah okay and i turned <laughs> into the ratchet one on the podcast no so. didn't la- wasn't the, i think like the last episode i think i said bro like oh like many times and then somebody was like do we can't be saying bro like that like we can't picture her she's in that too way. cute to be saying bro that's what they said basically that's so sweet but <laughs> lol all right so while we're in the spirit um yeah so today's topic is today's topic is around the conversation of our parents and our brown families i think in general mm-hmm. and like you don't need to be from a brown family to relate to this i think this just goes a general overview for anyone who grew up in an immigrant family yeah yeah basically just growing up in an immigrant family some of the tales that we've had and so the experiences that like we were crying then about but now we laugh about now we laugh about yeah as we've gotten older so um and then we're probably gonna start talking about going into difficult conversations with Mm -hmm. said parents so you know talking about personal things and maybe controversial topics with them Mm -hmm. so a lot of our experience is obviously going to be with like south asian families yes um for those of you who don't know ethnically i'm like this is kavi's talking i'm sri lankan and i'm indian hey hey Hey. Hey. i but 
according to my ancestry DNA, I'm actually... At first, it said I was Gujarati. And then it said, now... Did I tell you the update? What? There's an update? Yes. I'm so sad. <laughs> so first... Okay, this before we get started. So I ordered um, an ancestry DNA thing for like my New Year's or some crap. Um, and the first results that came back were like three weeks later and it said that it was 59 percent certain that i was from gujarat it like highlighted mm-hmm. highlighted that region and um for me like being sri lankan i have no idea where i'm actually from like my roots and then i checked again randomly a year and a half later because i was like oh apparently they always update their database so the mm-hmm. more data they get they give they can give more accurate predictions but it literally came it literally said, came, it came out like 70% from Bangladesh. What? And I was like, whoa. That was such a switch. Guys, I was really happy because I'm from Gujarat. So then when Kavi was like like 59% from Gujarat, I was like, wow. Like, like we're, hey, this is why we're friends. Dokla, Dokla. <laughs> Dokla, Dokla. Dokla gang. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> Damn, anyway. sis. Okay. Yeah, fun facts. All right, so let's. Um, we're gonna talk about some funny stories. I'm actually gonna hate myself, and I'm never gonna listen to this episode because I know how I'm talking. But boy, you know this how you start every episode. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Okay. I Juhi has been editing the last three episodes that you guys heard. Probably this one too. And so I only listened to one full episode. I cannot bring myself to listen to the rest of them. Like I'll listen to the intro and the conclusion. Yeah. Um, one of our friends put the podcast. We were all driving together, and he put the podcast on like full volume. And me and Cover were like, we started Bro, screaming. Turn it off. We're like, like we're not no. trying to hear our voices no. again. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, okay. Anyways, mm, you won't. Okay, so you know what? We'll just start with... (laughs) This isn't a story. Okay, the first few stories are not, like, about us, but someone we know. Someone we know. We're going to call him Nick. Yes, Nick. Um, so Nick, if, and he, Nick might be a future guest star. <laughs> he, he most likely will be. So I hope you don't mind us exposing, but okay. So I think one of the big issues with growing up in, I'm just going to say an immigrant family, mm-hmm. um, is definitely having very strict parents. So, you know, you've, half of you have probably, you can relate. There's the, there's a unsaid rules maybe about hanging out with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm um curfews curfews being like 8 p.m no like before it gets dark being able to go out in general Mm -hmm. and you know i've had these experiences i think julia's had these experiences but our experience does not come close to this one to our good pal nick (laughs) and mind you nick is currently our age yeah nick is our age so we're 22 at the time of recording um and they i i love nick i love his parents you know they're great um but they are so funny and they have definitely they've sparked um a, a little <laughs> they've sparked little nice something in my life laugh. okay so i'll start so basically yes. nick has always his parents have always been strict mm-hmm. um they've always been pretty firm on like we don't maybe they've never said it but it's something understood like don't hang out with girls okay don't hang out with girls don't hang out with people who are bad influences just don't really go out in general so nick has a lot of girlfriends that's just how it is and nick and i are very close so every time i want to go to things or hang out with friends i'm like nick you have to come and for me nick is if you're listening shout out he's like the life he's like a life of the party he's very entertaining yes and i appreciate his presence so even though he lives literally on the other end of town from me 
I will go pick him up if I need to, just so he can make an appearance at an event. Mm -hmm. And my friends know I hate giving people rides. I hate driving out of my way, but I will literally detour for like an hour to pick him up, drop him off just for this purpose. So here's the deal. Usually this was never an issue because Nick had a car and he could drive. But, you know, he had to cancel his insurance. It was COVID. His parents were like, you're not going out. Maybe I shouldn't do the accent, but you know, my like, like, you're not going out. It's Corona season. Like, no. So you don't need car insurance right now. And plus he's moving soon. Mm-hmm. So I had this pool party planned with, well, it's my friend's pool. And this friend is very difficult to make plans with to convince him to open up his pool took was like a three-week vetting process. Yeah. Okay? And it was like four of us in total. Four of us in like, total. Yeah. And, um, Juhi is, you know, very difficult because she's always busy. So she had huh? one she had one day week one day. No, I am not week. guys, let me tell you something. I'm not busy. It's she just busy. I feel bad leaving the house when mom comes home because I like spending time with her so every time like and like I can only go out obviously when I have the car, which is when my mom gets home. But then Aww. so okay, anyways. That's on continue. being a good daughter. So okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um Julie was like, oh, I'm only free this one day. So I was like, okay, we need to make this one day work. And this friend who was, whose pool it was, like, I, he's very difficult to communicate with. So if I say one plan, like, it, it should stick to that plan. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Wednesday evening, we're going to the pool. And it was supposed to be me, Juhi, Nick, and our other friend, Ronald. <laughs> Ronald. Ronald. Our other friend, Ronald. Okay? This is another Ronald, by the and way. And so Nick doesn't have a car um, because he has no insurance right now. So he needed someone to pick him up. And Ronald being another guy and also being, okay, Nick is Gujarati. He's like Indian. And so Ronald is a guy that already is one check mark. Ronald is Gujarati. That's the second, second check, mark. check mark. You know, he's doing well for himself. So good influence. Okay. He like pulls up in like banana Republic attire and like dress shoes and shit. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like his parents would have seen that and been like, oh, perfect. You were hanging out with a good crowd of people. <laughs> so I was relying on the plan was Ronald was going to pick up Nick and then we were all going to go to our friend's pool. Literally the day before Ronald is like, yo, um, screw you guys. I'm gonna go golfing. Okay. Wait, well, that's what he did. Yeah, he caught it from me. Like I he thought, actually, like I bro, yelled at him. You don't want to catch it from Kavya, but, but it, I'm just saying. But he, um, so he he left to go golfing, and now I was stuck because it's me, Juhi, this other guy. This other guy is not gonna leave his house to pick someone else mm-hmm. up, and me and Juhi, like Juhi and I, are both girls, and we're like, crap, crap, crap. How is this gonna work? So guys i was like okay nick i'm gonna have to pick you up and he was like crap 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 like nah my parents they you know they found out i drank like a week ago so i've been on extreme lockdown like two like yeah, extreme yeah. like lockdown nine thousand like security prison like <laughs> yeah and so his parents were gonna probably watch he was like yeah my i think my parents are gonna come out they're gonna check who i'm hanging out with because they think i'm already hanging out with bad influences so i was like crap like i need i'm gonna get you i can't cancel these plans and I also really wanted to go swimming. So I messaged a bunch of people trying to like a bunch of guys trying to figure out if they were free. I called my friend Sean, if you're listening, and I was like, hey, I might need you to do me a favor. But Sean has a girlfriend. He has a life, you know, so he had to get to that. He had no time for my schemes. <laughs> and so finally, I was like, OK, there is my friend Meg. I can say Meg's name. Yes. Meg lives. He was the closest person that lives to Nick. 
He lives 15 minutes away from Nick. And I was like, yo, you are my only hope. You're the closest person to Nick. Um, But the thing is, Nick, um, Meg is also on like straight lockdown. So he doesn't really leave his house Mm -hmm. at all. And so I was like, Meg, I really, really need you. Please come through. And he was like, okay, I'll tell my mom I'm going out to like put the trash, whatever. So sorry if I'm confusing you. So the plan was now I was going to drive half an hour to pick up Meg, who was going to tell his mom he was taking the trash out. Okay. And while Meg is quote unquote taking the trash out, I'm going to drive to Nick's house. I'm going to pull up at the end of the street. I'm going to Nick. I'm going to let Meg drive my car, pull up to Nick's house, wave to his dad or his mom. And then Nick is going to come in. They're going to drive back to me. I'm going to get in the car, drop Nick, drop Meg home and then drive to the pool. Mm -hmm. All good. Bruh. Listen, I go, I grab Meg. Okay. And we like drive all the way to Nick's ha- Nick's neighborhood. And I just stop. And my phone has like 30 notifications from Nick being like, yo, he literally, Nick sends me a freaking map. He sends me a map of his neighborhood, where exactly to stop, where exactly to pull up. Man probably had the speed that, I, that like, Meg should, like, come, at, Meg should come at. Oh, so yeah, Meg. Ca- yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. in case like his, his dad's like, why are you hanging out with speeders? You know, whatever. And I was like super stressed out. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So we pull up at this, the exact point that Nick is like, stop here. Um, and it's like at the end of his neighborhood. I switch seats with Meg. Mind you, Meg, I don't think he's ever driven my car before. No, I don't. Yeah. So I was like, Meg, just go. You're, you're, you're very simple. You just have to go pull up in front of the house, wave. Bruh. And then I get a message from Nick saying, by the way, I told my parents that Meg is going to med school in Arizona, both of which are false. (laughs) Okay. Just so, you know, Meg, just so he thinks Meg is a good influence. Meg is a great influence, but you know, you know. Just a little cherry on top. So this this guy, (laughs) mind you, Meg is like a rugby player. So he's like this macho big man, has a huge lion tattoo on his chest, like earrings, like, you know, it was just a really funny picture to paint. But anyways, I love you, Meg. Um, I'm saying I love you a lot to a lot of my friends here. Damn, you got a lot of love, huh? Damn, guys, don't catch me. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, relax. I'm kidding. That's the rose. So anyway, so Meg then pulls up. He We switch. He gets into my car. Very simple. I told him the persona he's playing. I told him what to say. And then the benefit is Meg's also Gujarati. So like, mm. if anything, he can talk with his parents. Um and then I wait and I'm like, why is it waiting? So I see Meg drive off and it they literally take like 10 minutes to come back. And I'm like, this should have been a two minute journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on? You know, finally they pull up and Meg is like, yo, I didn't know how to open your doors. <laughs> so Nick basically, Nick got out of his like he walked out the front door. His parents are on the front porch, <laughs> waiting watching for him to get in the who car. this man is yeah. that's pulling up. Okay, and I think Meg says something in like Gujarati. He like, said "Kemcho," which means like "How are you?" Yeah, but that, that's the only that's, Gujarati. That's he all knows. the Gujarati he knows. <laughs> and, then, and then Nick is like, "I okay, bye, mom and dad." He's ready to climb into the car and freaking 
Meg does not. Meg is like, uh, um, 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 how do I open the car door? Yo, insert the TikTok truck. You know the. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. So he's like figuring out, and it took like three minutes for him to figure out how to open the doors. I don't even know if he actually figured it out. Honestly, I'm convinced Nick just climbed through the window. But um, yeah, they got, they got to, they finally made their way back to me. Adrenaline was pumping high. I was like, yay, we pulled off the scheme, mm-hmm. dropped Meg off, and went to the pool party. It was lit. <laughs> I even when she came to the pool and like when I heard the story after, I was I was actually shocked. I was like, I've never heard something so it, it's, elaborate. It's just happen. such a process. Like yeah. if you break it down, I was sent a map where to park. Yeah. I was assigned to bring a man. Okay. <laughs> The man had to have a fake persona. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, and then um, that night I dropped Nick off back, back at back at his house. But even then, like I pulled up at least three, four blocks, <laughs> like 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 basically you can't see the car from his house, you know. So I dropped him off there, and then he like ran he, home. Like, sp- that's the other thing. Oh my god! Every time Nick <laughs> sees a car, like he sprints. Like he man runs, is not. So he's funny. not a runner, but he will beat Usain Bolt. Like <laughs> he's quick, man. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and you could go on. So the, and then like literally a couple days later, we had to pick yeah. him up again. And this was just you. You take it this away. one was so. This one was so funny too. Okay, so this one basically this time we were going to a we were going to a restaurant, right? Like our other friends came to town, and then we were all gonna go to a restaurant, a patio. Uh, yeah, a pat. Yeah, don't yeah yeah patty patio. <laughs> um but yeah so uh we were all in the car Kaveh's in the car um and then i was like okay because nick again he can't drive so he needs a ride and he lives really close to me so yeah. we pull up yes yeah, are you we, yeah, yeah no we pull up in a van i'm just oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay imagine so there's a van that pulls up and at this point like i think i told him 6 30 be ready and i'll pick you up then but then um we ended up i think we were trying to get there a bit earlier so i was like okay nick we might be there at six or whatever he's like yo just come as late as possible he's freaking out man is like sweating yeah because yeah, he's like oh man like a half an hour time change i don't know how i'm gonna whatever okay because apparently he was on a walk with his mom earlier or something like that so cute um so yeah so i pull up in this <laughs> in this van um the same place that i dropped him off um that other night so it's like there's a park yeah in front of his house and i think you pulled up at the other end of the park exactly exactly so it's far enough like you can see it if you leave his house but it's far enough where i'm just like i feel like if parents were looking through they the wouldn't place, they wouldn't consider it as like yeah. oh my kids yeah exactly right yeah. so okay so one detail that's really important to know before <laughs> <laughs> we pulled up and i see this ba okay ba means grandma in gujarati and we see this ba sweet lady she was just so walking cute. but she was walking near nick's house so in my, i was like to these guys i was like yo that might be his ba you know and i was just like i was just it was just a joke like i i didn't know who it was okay <laughs> anyways nick is like oh like and then we see him come out of the house he finally comes out and we're like okay he's gonna sprint to the car yeah no so he didn't obviously he saw the car but he couldn't run out because his mom was on the porch (laughs) yeah we see him walk out and then his mom also walks yeah so we're like i bet like he's not gonna be able to run straight whatever and then eventually he starts walking the other direction he definitely notices the car and then he walks the other direction yeah it's like he notices the car but he's still walking away from it yes yeah and then and then he finally calls me and he's like yo pull up to this other intersection so then i reverse the car whatever get to the other intersection and then i see him 
like finally turn and I this at this point he's visible to us. He's visible, but he's walking like he's taking his sweet yeah, time. Like, the guy's behind him like a good like 20 30. Yeah, feet. like and and you know, it's just it's a normal scene whatever. And then when, as soon as he sees our car, he, he starts running. running. He's like, "Go, go, go, go." <laughs> and, okay, to set the scene, his street is a crescent. So yes. I feel like where we pulled up, we saw the ba, like his grandma and him or we pulled we saw the ba and him walking Mm -hmm. but the moment he got to the point in the bend where like his ba could probably not see the van yes but he could yeah that's when he just went that's when he bolted man he bolted and then (laughs) he got he finally got into the car you know um and then we drove off and then i was like nick like damn man like you really had to do all of that and then he got in and then he's like yeah yeah and i was like so what did you tell them he's like oh i'm playing basketball right now with my friends <laughs> that was the excuse and then his his dad calls while we're in the car yeah 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 you take it his, no nothing yeah so his dad calls while he's in the car and then his dad's asking all questions like okay where are you playing ball with who are you playing with at what intersection what time will you be home Da, da, da. so the whole you know he has all his info noted and, and then stuff. bro this guy it's like he had it rehearsed he had the exact location the exact plaza that he was yeah. playing ball at and he made sure like because i was like yo you're gonna be out for a long time like we we're gonna go out for dinner and what if your parents are like yo why aren't you home for dinner yet and and yeah and the place that he was playing basketball was like close to his house too yeah and had a taco bell near it so he had that excuse bro he had he had all bases covered okay but anyways going back to the fact that he ran so fast we're like yo why were you running crazy like that right he's like bro my ball was right behind (laughs) (laughs) it's actually his grandma i like oh that was like a coincidence like i'm sure his ba was honestly just such a sweet woman she was just like, chilling she, she was, was just chilling like minding her business walk, probably man. going on the you know your grandparents go on walks every day but you know it, it's so funny because it's just he had no escape at one point he entered his house the moment he gets out of like sight of his mom his ba <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah, somebody else watching <laughs> yeah so so yeah so he had all he had a well thought out plan anyway so then we went to the patio we came back and we hung out at Juhi's home mm-hmm. for a little bit. And we're like, yo, Nick, it's been like four hours now. Your parents are obviously not going to like, they're going to be like, yo, like who plays basketball for four yeah, hours? Yeah, bro. And know? it was like dark at that point. He had that covered too. Yeah, he, he had, had that, that covered too. And that was even funnier, man. So <laughs> him, again, only guys can pull up to his house, right? So him, our, our friend, friend Gorov, and our and friend, friend Abji, both brown men. Yes. They take Nick back to his house and basically he needs nick needs to show face again you know like what's happening like hey mom i'm alive (laughs) so at this point the story is and and he took the boys so it's like yo i was playing ball with these guys yeah yeah, and they're brown boys gaurav the driver could speak hindi so he's like i bless 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 this yeah like it works nicely you know so basically they get to his house and then now they told his parents i'm gonna go to a drive-in we're going to a drive-in. drive-in movie. That's why I'm going to be out till like 1 a.m. Yeah, like that is a, that is a thing. Bro, his dad was like, uh, I don't think drive-ins are open. Like the theaters are just not open. I think his dad like didn't like I think he just didn't know what a drive-in was. So he was just thinking that, oh, they're talking about a movie theater, which obviously mm-hmm. they're not open. So they literally had a conversation. They were for, like, out there for like 10 minutes. I yeah, swear. just like conversing about not nah, like it's a drive-in. Like it's it's a little bit different, you know, and then and then. <laughs> And basically, Gaurav 
who is not related to Abby at all, was in that scenario Abby's cousin. And Gorb could speak Hindi, but Abby could not. Abby is so, Tamil for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so Gorb starts speaking in Hindi, you know, tries to make things a little bit easier, nicer. Like, yo, don't worry, I'm a good influence. I'm a good boy. Yeah. I, I stay true to my roots, okay? <laughs> I respect your son. Yeah, and then finally they let him leave. And uh, that night Nick was at a drive-in. But he was really at, at Chewie's house, house, at like my house, five yeah. minutes away from it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then what? He ended up leaving. Like, they all left around, like, two, I think, that night. A really fun night, by the way. Yeah, it was great. But it was just <laughs> funny, man, the process to I just get love, to like, that. every time we're going to have Nick over at any plan. This will definitely come up. It's a whole... And it's like, a mission. We need to plan for, like, we need to have, like, a Google Doc that just outlines Yo. the stuff. And we share it with everyone involved. <laughs> so everyone has their story straight. We have the right characters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, shout out, Nick. Thank you, Nick, for, for, providing the, for the entertainment, entertainment, man, for the past couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about, you know, intimacy. So, growing up, obviously, that was not a topic to be discussed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was very shunned upon. Even at move, like, if we were watching a family movie and people were just hugging, like, a boy and a girl, mm-mm-mm-mm. I had to look away. Mm-mm. My eyes were closed. Okay. So my parents were so strict on that that I never actually knew what the birds and the bees do, okay? I didn't know how babies are made, whatever. And um, one time I, so, okay. So I went to school in fourth grade or third grade and this girl that I knew, she was like the, I don't know, she was like the queen bee of Mm. elementary school. She comes up and she's like, guys, my parents told me how babies are made lol okay and then i was looking at her with like these <laughs> i was like what are you talking about because my mom had told me once that um babies are made when you drink a juice when you drink some juice and then that's how you have a baby okay, okay. so even when like guys i used to watch zoe 101 for mm-hmm. background info and when the the lead star got pregnant at 16 it was on tabloids oh, true and my dad i overheard a conversation with my dad talking to my mom and he was like that's so disappointing like i like there's so many you know teen pregnancies on the rise and i was like daddy i don't understand why you're mad she just probably drank the juice oh by God. accident and that's when they shut up and they're like oh yeah you're right you're right mm. so i was very naive and so this girl proceeds to explain to me how babies are made she was like this goes in that this is what happens okay and Listen, at this point, I, I'm just going to say the word. I knew what sex... Ugh, I still cringe saying it. <laughs> I knew what sex was because I knew that those were the scenes we didn't look at at movies. Mm. But I didn't know my parents did it, okay? So my Goodness. mom my mom picks me up from school. I uh. sit, I get in the car, and my arms are, like, folded. And I'm not talking to her. I'm looking at the window. And she was like, Why, what's wrong? Like, did you have a bad day? And mm-hmm. I was like... I know what you did. Oh my gosh. This is me. Like when I talk about my childhood, I actually was a smart ass. Like I don't real. I was such an annoying kid. I was like, I know what you did. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I know that you had S-E-X to have me and my brother. Oh my. And when I tell you, she went red. She was like, can I just drop this child off somewhere and never come back? She was like, oh no, no. And I was like, no, (laughs) Selena told me at school how babies are made. And I know you lied. And I was like, I'm so disappointed in you. (laughs) You told me that only hookers do that. Oh my God. And she looked at me. She was like, no 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 
no, sweetie, you were an IVF baby. I was not. But she was like, that. so we didn't do anything. You, we just put you in a... And she tried to explain yeah, IVF yeah, to you. Yeah, she was trying to explain <laughs> IVF to me as a fourth grader. And it was it was so scarring. But at that time, I believed that I was an IVF yeah. baby. This is so traumatizing to my mom, probably oh my not gosh. to me. Yeah. And then a couple years later... I was like in sixth grade and I think at this point I probably understood and came to terms with the fact that my parents did it to Mm. get me and my brother but I was now under the assumption oh my parents only did it twice twice in their life just for me and my brother that was it and then I am snooping around in my parents room while my dad is like at work whatever and I find this book and I'm like oh that's so cute it was happy 10 years so it was a book that my dad gave to my mom for their 10-year anniversary it's actually really cute they did long distance because my dad was in africa Mm -hmm. so every day they wrote like letters like emails and he printed every single one out in a 10-year book so i was like wow this is so sweet i've never seen this before i've never read it i open the book my parents talk about it oh god literally one of the first lines is i miss you i miss doing this with you oh okay okay we don't need and and and, no no they didn't go like when i said doing this i mean like oh i miss like gardening with you and i miss whatever okay okay Okay. but then they said and then my mom was like i miss having sex with you and i stopped dead in my tracks i was like i shut the book i shoved it in the thing and i went and Right after this, I think my dad came home and we were having a family dinner. So we were just eating. Mm-hmm. It's me, my brother, my dad, my mom. And I'm clearly so uncomfortable. And I just look up at my dad. I don't know why I speak sometimes. Oh, I look gosh. up at him and I was like, I found your book. Oh, and then yeah. my dad was why like. Why would you do that? <laughs> I was such an annoying child. And he and he stops and he was like, uh, uh, which book? And I was like, you know, the book where you wrote letters and you talk about things. I said oh it in God. that voice and then he stops, but he doesn't even try to cover it up. He just dead ass. This is the only time my dad, my parents have ever said anything about this topic to mm-hmm. me. My dad just looks at me and he's like, you know, there's just certain things you don't understand now, but you'll understand when you're an adult. Oh, okay, That was it. That was the end of the conversation. It's been like 10, more than 10 years since then. Never talked about it ever again. Yeah. But um, the moral of the story is, you know, that happens. And it was just really funny. It just made me realize now that I look back, I'm like, wow, my parents are people. Yeah. They are, I think, just understanding that your parents are, you know, they're just normal people. They've had normal experiences and normal lives. I, I just, I feel a sense of appreciation for them. I wish I never was traumatized like that a little bit. Yeah, but, facts. you know. <laughs> Um, it's fine. It's fine. Some people have healthy conversations with their parents about it and, and uh, that stuff. No, no, no. This was my conversation. Mm-hmm. That was the extent of it. So just thought I would share. You, I'm going to let Julie take the wheel. I, <laughs> I definitely have a lot of stories, but there's one that's so iconic. <laughs> this one I tell everyone because they'll ask me, like, have you been beat? Okay. Um, oh, yeah. We go on to the topic of beating. And then... <laughs> And then this is the one that I always tell them because it's so funny. Like, okay, again, I was crying back then. I'm laughing now. I laugh now. I think I was in like the third grade or something and um, no one was home and it was like the evening or something like that. And we went outside to play basically. And then my friends got really thirsty. So I was like, oh, like, come to my house. I have pink <laughs> lemonade. I will serve you. Okay. 
my friends come over and then I give them all some pink lemonade in these like there there used to be these like limited edition like Shrek glasses from like McDonald's. I don't know why I remember. Anyways, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyways, they come. We drink some pink lemonade. The scene is dope. It's a nice like summer day. Um, anyways, once we finish the pink lemonade, I made the mistake of not washing the glasses and putting them back. Mm, how could you, as a brown kid? Do you? <laughs> I literally flung. <laughs> she like flung. I went to like beat her like or like give her um yo we might need to put a trigger warning on this episode but like I went to go literally reach out and beat Judy and I flung her phone out of her hand I'm sorry but yeah how dare you what kind of did your parents not teach you anything Man. this is a sin so in a brown household listen so that day right so um as I said like the the thing the glasses weren't washed whatever and then we went back to play outside again and by this time my mom came home okay so I come home I'm so happy I was like my friends love me I gave them some pink lemonade we were playing ball outside like it was fun whatever come home bro my mom is in another mood she is not having it that day and the first thing she says why are these glasses outside why are they dirty? Why have multiple people been in this house without my knowledge? <laughs> and this was pre-corona too. Okay, but it's still an offense in a brown household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh my god. And then, dude, she brought out the rolling pin that day. <laughs> oh my god. And she's like, bring your thigh out <laughs> into the open air. And bro, let me just tell you that day. That rolling pin died too because she broke it <laughs> on my thigh. What? Wait, really? Bro, I had bruises on my thigh from that. Oh yeah, my God. bro. The poor rolling pin also broke. You know, and this is, I just want to make a comment on a more serious note here. I feel like this is something that happens in every brown household. Like growing up, it might, I actually recently found out it's also not just in brown households. It's, it's more like an immigrant household no, thing. D- yeah, there are different yeah. levels of beating. There's the chapal or the slippers. Yes. There's the there's belt. The ha- there's the normal hand. There's the hand. There's, what, what's hand? Is that level one? Uh, yeah, I would say level yeah. one. It's the easiest. It's easy access. You yeah, know? yeah, that's like, true. That's true. They don't yeah, need, they know, don't need to pick instant. up something else. Yeah, um, exactly. There's a slipper. There's the, apparently there's a coat hanger level. Oh, yeah. I heard that one, but that never yeah. happened to me. That was, that, yeah. Uh, rolling f- pin is definitely... Rolling pin less, is like extreme. That's like. definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then belt would probably be before that because the whipping from the belt... Mm. Nah, I've never... I don't think I've had a belt, but yeah. that sounds... Yeah, the, the shoes for sure. Oh, like gosh, a chapel. She broke yeah. the rolling pin. Bro, she broke the rolling pin and then I had a couple bruises on my leg. You know, my war wounds. <laughs> but yeah i still tell her to this day but i was like hey mom remember when remember when you like beat me that day <laughs> yeah like remember i <laughs> oh man but that one's a funny one I, yeah. laugh about it now. I was a bit of a smart mouth when i was a young when i was younger so my brother is six years older than me and he like his early childhood was spent in sri lanka so like not in canada mm-hmm. um but i spent my childhood growing up in africa and here so I had a big mouth, you know, I was not having it with these cultural things. So I remember every time my parents used to get mad at me before they would try to beat me. This is literally why I avoided beatings. I was Mm -hmm. like, mind you, I'm six years old. I think I'm the (laughs) shit. I'm like, daddy, if you beat me, I can call child services and they will literally take you to jail. I used to say this all the time and I dodged so many beatings. My poor brother, on the other hand, we were just talking about this. Every brown kid knows that I'm the younger sibling, so... This doesn't apply to me, but the older sibling 
walked so the younger siblings could run so they could sprint for real i'm the older sibling guys and my sister and i have like an eight-year age difference i definitely got way more beatings my sister got beat but like no she didn't get beat she got touched okay like okay oh my god not in like a weird way i'm sorry i didn't mean it like that but like you know she got like like tapped okay and and she did not get any end of it yeah like uh, my brother bro (laughs) my mom so once i have three stories with my brother that we say repeatedly one time my brother was on the swings okay we had a Mm -hmm. little swing set as kids and he was on the swings and he said something bad and my mom my dad was pushing him on the swing bro he pushed him so hard on purpose so he flew off the swing another time my mom i can clearly remember this she bro my cousins had like a ping pong table in their basement (laughs) and then my brother said a bad word okay and i'm pretty sure the bad word he said was um it wasn't even bad bad it was something like frick okay not even the f word my mom got so mad she picked up a ping pong bat she cornered him she squeezed his mouth like squished his mouth so it's like he's doing the fish lift and started beating his mouth with the ping pong bat like that's extreme but me on the other hand my ass on the other hand that's six years younger i was like daddy no you're kind of i'm gonna call child services and like if i ever got in trouble it was like okay go to your timeout corner like yeah no no laptop for you for a day like (laughs) bro and you know what the thing is like i have friends when i tell them like them my stories like this they're like why don't you just run away and i'm like what like run away isn't like like just run away from your parents and they can't catch you that's worse no bro that's when you get it even more that's when my mom was like you better come down here or i'm coming up cornering (laughs) you and beating you even more oh my god it's like you'd rather just surrender man yeah let's just just yeah i I I did I only caught one beating in my life mm. and that was it was the dumbest <laughs> this is reason so too funny, like bro. I've done really bad things as a child I've done so many things that warrant a beating in mm. a brown household mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've talked back I've done everything on the book okay but this one thing bro my dad was just not having a good day and I I'm just minding my own business I just opened the front door to you know go outside and like enjoy the sunshine or some crap and a rat comes into my house i can't control a rat coming into my house <laughs> and my dad freaking he sees a rat coming he sees me with the door open all the next thing i know he just slaps me like boom across <laughs> it wasn't my face it was on my shoulder like Man, boom, but so i'm a very funny. small girl okay so if you slap me my whole body moves bro, like she a across the room like, bro <laughs> and that was it and that was like that was it that was he just i was like bro like i could not do anything but yeah. the rat coming yeah. in. i was just trying to mind my own business every time okay no matter how strict your parents are i know this as a fact is they always feel a little guilty after disciplining yep. you like they're at the heat of the moment they'll beat you they'll like yell at you whatever but I know from my parents and even just seeing them do that to my brother, they would always, you know, like an hour later, even if it's not a direct apology, they'll just come up to your room and just like open the door, look at you, be like, okay, go back or maybe yeah. give you some food. Some act of kindness yeah. in some way. Yeah. So my mom is the biggest culprit of this. Like she feels so guilty afterwards. Mm-hmm. So she'll always, she used to do this thing where she'll go and buy us KFC or buy us Aww, food and sweet. she'll just bring back and leave it. Um, and so I remember as a kid, I noticed this and I was like, hmm, I can use this to my advantage. God, actually okay? rude, yeah. And, and I knew that like she would always give us rewards even when she was stressed out mm-hmm. too. So I once 
I knew she had to go somewhere and I hid her car keys. I took the car keys. I hid them in a teapot. Okay. And I knew this willingly. I knew my mom was going to go get stressed out trying to find it. She was probably going to beat my brother. Be like, yo, why did you, you hit, you hit the car keys, whatever. I was like, I was like five or six. Like I was really small Mm -hmm. and I was too young to obviously drive. So my brother, on the other hand, you know. And so um, I watched this whole process unfold. I watched her get stressed out. I watched her start yelling at my brother and I and me. She started yelling at me to to like, why do you guys always play with the car keys? Mm -hmm. You know, it's your fault. I'm going to be late, blah, 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 blah. And just at the right moment, I was like, mommy, look, I found it. And I picked it out from the teapot that I hid it in. And she came and she was like, oh, my gosh, you angel my child. Angel. <laughs> you, I, you like, you're precious. What would I do without you? And then she felt bad that she yelled at me and my brother. So I, you know, to my brother, I benefited us both. She went she went and did her thing and she came back with KFC. So what? you guys are probably like, wow, what kind of person are you? But I was five or six years Yo, old. Yo, for you to think like that at five or six, I, I was, would be scared of I you, I was bro. actually dropped on the head as a baby no. or something. Like, I, like in the best way kind yeah, of possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I grew up being a schemer. <laughs> I love it. Let me tell you something. You know, now that I think about it, you're still like this. Yeah, I said She's that. still just like this, guys, in all the best ways, but... I can really see, yeah. You know, okay. I just come up with a creative out-of-the-box plans. I will get you what you want. Okay, no, no, okay. Don't take this to the greatest salt, okay? <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I promise I love my mom. I love my dad. Okay, okay. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, cups of the rose. Nah, old phone. Call when I go home. So, when you hear the Marvin's Room music, that means we're going to segue. We're segueing into a little some heart and soul some deep you know some soul food like (laughs) so we've i think we've talked a lot about um you know the highlight not the highlights the funny parts about having brown parents yeah there's still highlights like there's still highlights like we still like this is still what i talk about who you are Yeah. yeah and like oh yeah just a little disclaimer like i'm thankful for the beatings same like i i don't know why but like i just I actually feel more disciplined and I feel more, I don't know, connected with my parents because be, I don't know how to explain it. And but Yeah. And honestly, I, I mean, I didn't have that many beatings, clearly. But just the other things about growing up in a brown household, the Facebook group, Subtle Curry Traits, mm. the memes they posted, not like until that Facebook page was made, I did not realize how global this yeah, yeah. culture is, like the you know everything it's like so it was just universal. so relatable yeah. and it was so funny and now that we're older i think we can easily reflect on on all of that on all of that yeah but you know that being said that being said having growing up in a brown family i know that there are difficulties and there are some barriers just culturally mm-hmm. you know opening up to your parents or talking to them about difficult topics mm-hmm. and i think we've both kind of done say, a fair share of dealing with that with our families because i mean just to put it bluntly like our parents grew up at a different in a different time in a different world yeah and they have like i know my parents still have very firm beliefs and mindsets yeah and same here with my parents and like coming from somewhere like india or sri lanka and then coming to a western country Mm -hmm. and having to adapt to everything that's going on here is something that's actually very difficult to do yeah and i think at least growing up i know like i used to be really upset with my parents about a lot of the decisions Mm -hmm. and stuff then like whatever that they would make because i'm out here trying to live this westernized ideology yeah and they were still their roots were not in canada you know 
And I think I realized at one point is that, you know, they spent like 30, 40, however many years in another culture and Mm -hmm. living another life before I even came about. Yeah, exactly. And so um, there are certain beliefs that I will have from my environment that they they will never be able to come around to. They just won't understand. And I think a lot of people put down their parents because they're like, oh, you know, they're so, they're not progressive. They're not Mm -hmm. this, they're not that. I don't, I don't understand what's so hard about this. And I used to be like that too, which you'll hear about soon. Mm -hmm. But I think as I've gotten older and I realize how firm I am in some of the beliefs I have now, you know, it's the same thing for your parents. And I think just, you might never reach a full 100% level of understanding Understanding, with them, but I think just being able to like to have conversations Mm -hmm. and hear each other out. Yeah. And to understand like why they're so adamant about their perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it gives you more like empathy for them. Yeah. And it allows you to actually like want to listen to what they have to say. And and the cutest thing is that I think based on my parents and based on the parents of my other friends grew up in immigrant families i think the cutest thing is when your parents are trying you yeah. know they yeah. may not always be politically correct yeah. they may not always have the most progressive views but i think we can all say collectively that our parents have made progress in their beliefs and their viewpoints in however many the last whatever mm-hmm. Couple years, mm-hmm. and that's a step. This the fact Definitely. that they are taking a step, or they are even just honestly, even when they just don't make comments sometimes. Yeah, that's already a good. Even sign. that's exactly no for sure. And yeah, no shout out to all all these immigrant. Yeah, parents we love you guys. Families we, because it's. I have an experience. Like we were young when we immigrated, so I I don't remember the realities of that. But mm-hmm. we, I, my parents still tell me to this day about all the stuff that had had to happen, mm-hmm. like all the labor, all the mini steps. And just the sacrifices yeah. in general. So shout out to all of you because yeah. that is some difficult stuff to yeah. go through. And I know that some people don't have the best relationship with their parents and that can always be a difficult topic mm-hmm. to tackle. And I hope that for anyone who does have some kind of severed relationship with their parents that, I mean, like I can't really, I, I don't. I don't have professional advice on that, but... I hope that that means because honestly, or at some point you can find a level of understanding with each Mm -hmm. other because a parent-child relationship is so precious. Yeah, and you don't need to agree on everything. Like not agreeing on things is what will help you understand more, but just maybe try to understand where that person is coming, where your parent or whoever is coming from Mm -hmm. and, you know, understand that that's where the opinion is, you know? agreeing to disagree sometimes yeah. which is what we do yeah. what i do in my with my mom <laughs> yeah one of the first things that comes up in my head when i think about immigrant families and you know coming to a westernized place is the idea of independence um growing up like for me at least like i know that my parents were very strict and like going to places like movie theaters other people's homes um or just being out and about it was a very like it was a process in the sense that I had to ask and I had to be like, okay, like this is where I'm going. All the details had to be given. What time was I going to be home? The contact numbers of the, the parents. Con- yeah, no facts. Like my parents still have phone numbers of my friends or their parents, you know. And growing up, number one, definitely I was irritated because I was like, why don't you trust me? Like, why don't you 
like i'm not gonna do anything i'm gonna be safe all that and my parents would always tell me i don't know if your parents ever told you this but my parents always told me it's like we trust you but we don't trust the people around you and that still frustrated me because i never understood it um but now that i've grown up and i've been able to like at least try to understand where they're coming from it all makes sense and I'm more thankful that they were always just worried about my safety, even though it felt like it came at the expense of my independence, you know, Mm -hmm. but I will say that growing older, I mean, getting older and um, being like the 22 year old that I am now and allowing my parents to like trust that, okay, I'm going to be here, here, here until this time. It's given me a lot more independence and like, the way that my parents let me out now and I'm able to like hang out with my friends and stuff like I think that stereotypical like immigrant families like it's not something that is still Mm -hmm. allowed you know so even for that I'm so thankful yeah I'm realizing as we're having this conversation this is not scripted like we Mm -hmm. did not know what we are exactly going to talk about but it's really interesting because hearing Juhi talk I feel like we have a lot of opposing experiences you know Mm -hmm. you've been the old older child me being the younger yes and the trusting was definitely something I had a different experience with growing up so my parents were always very trusting so I mean I didn't I, I don't really remember the details from when I was like a child in elementary school but mm-hmm. I know in high school at least my friends were like I don't understand how you don't have to ask permission mm. for like three days in advance to go out or to see people. Or I would have my guy friends from middle school come to my house all the time. We just go upstairs in my room and there would be no question about it. Um, but that being said, that being said, I dealt with a separate internal issue of they trust me so much that it would it would make me feel so bad when I would obviously be lying to them. Mm. Like I knew the reason that they would let me out to you know go hang out at quote unquote my friend's place Mm -hmm. until 1 a.m was because they genuinely believed i was probably going to my friend's house we were going to crack a book open and study nah (laughs) you know your girl was out with juhi freaking like at the club or something and and that always like that was its own struggle because i'm just like you know my parents let me go out because they trust me but here Mm -hmm. i am actively breaking their trust Mm -hmm. but you know it's just like a weird cycle of going in i don't know if anyone else has had this issue but i always had a very Mm -hmm. weird sting of guilt whenever i would do that because fact of the matter is if they knew what i was actually doing they would not let me out half the time yeah but um And I think, uh, yeah, like in the sense that it's been reversed, like I see how much more my parents trust my sister. Like she's been allowed to do things at her age that I wasn't allowed to do. Like going to the movie theaters, doing all that, like she is easily very openly allowed now. And so like I'll still tell my parents, I'll be like, hey, remember when you never (laughs) let me do that? (laughs) Yeah. And stuff. But honestly, like I'm, I'm actually really happy that my sister gets to do that and can have that um but you know the older siblings you walked so she could run (laughs) yeah yeah so that do you have anything else to say about independence i think i think just getting to a level of trust i mean understandably i feel like all parents know their kids are gonna lie at some points guys with how strict my parents were in the sense of like they would let me go out but Mm -hmm. they would let me go out on the premise that I was studying Mm -hmm. or doing something productive or working on a group project or stuff like that right Mm -hmm. I thought that they were the perfect little kids growing up 
And then I hear all these stories from the rest of my family about how my mom used to sneak out of the house to oh. meet boys, oh, you know? Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, and, yeah. like, my mom was a player. Like, she literally used to sneak out of the hey. house. My grandpa had a gun, okay? My grandpa used to wait by the gates and when boys would come by mm-hmm. to, like, pick up my mom or one of her sisters and he would chase them down the street with a freaking rifle. Oh, my God. And so... <laughs> I didn't know all of that. And it kind of makes me understand. I'm like, okay, my mom is only saying these rules. She's being strict on certain things because she has done them herself. Mm. She knows what kids get up to. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point there's just a mutual understanding of, you know, what what I don't know, I don't know. Facts. (laughs) Yeah. And like sometimes... Don't ask, don't tell. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No. But yeah, definitely I think independence has been something that comes with like okay you've established my trust you can do x now you know and like and be smart about it like don't be dumb yeah no and you know what ever since like that like that mentality has been something that's been like engraved into my head like i will not lie to my parents like i'll be like hey like this is what i'm doing and it might be something that they're not okay with Mm -hmm. but i will still be like hey i'm gonna do this and my mom will be like okay but i don't really like it when you do that and i'm like okay mom but uh i'm gonna do it but uh just wanted to let you know (laughs) i i have this joke that even when i ask like when my parents are home um and i have to go somewhere or if i have a trip or whatever Mm -hmm. i rephrase my questions from can i to hey i'm going to yes oh that's so true (laughs) that might be a parent's biggest nightmare but i swear sometimes they don't even catch that i don't think in the last five years of my life they've ever caught that i do yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah, let go like they don't ever think like wait but she didn't even ask she didn't even ask that permission (laughs) (laughs) just become the norm in my house that's so true yeah oh my goodness and they're like okay okay do i care like no that's not like yeah yeah i can get started with a, another issue mm. um i'm gonna talk about colorism you know this is like more deep whatever so mm-hmm. in south asian communities in particular i feel like there is still a big um there there's definitely discrimination based on like skin color you mm-hmm. could be the same race but no 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 that is not enough you know you got to be these certain standards mm-hmm. and it's gotten a lot better over the years definitely and especially i think it's a lot better even with fa- like south asian families who immigrate out mm-hmm. and even the ones that are in our home countries our native countries but there's still it's it was such a predominant culture for the last you know hundreds of years that there's still a mindset that you know light skin over dark skin and Mm -hmm. this is an issue that guys it's okay my mom is darker skinned um and she has two sisters both of who are very light skinned so she was the third one the third child and she grew up solely like 100 percent believing she was the ugly duckling in the family Mm. because she's brown like no not because she's brown because she's dark and that mentality was ingrained to her like people treated her differently growing up because she was dark people actively told her that her sisters were prettier because they were light-skinned or they would comp they would you know like if there were aunties that were trying to set up their sons they would definitely go for the older sisters Mm -hmm. because they were light-skinned just that and imagine being around that culture so much to the point that you actually believe that it's That's true. That's true, yeah. Because you've had experiences, right, where, like, 
your mom has been like yeah make sure you're not like out in the sun too much or like my mom solely believed that she was ugly because she was dark Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you it's it's funny because a lot of people would get confused and be like wait because she's dark shouldn't she fight back but yo the culture it just brainwashed her into Mm -hmm. thinking that and i remember she this was the saddest thing she was saying when she was pregnant with me, she just ate spinach and carrots and all these foods so that I would get lighter skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. And all of that comes from a place of wanting to protect me of from course. going through the same things that she went through. And that whole issue just pisses me off even now because even now when i do go back to sri lanka and go to visit whatever i'll see on the newspapers there's like ads for arranged marriages and all of them if there's someone who's fair skin it's bolded yeah light skin it's literally like a requirement like yeah. a like that's who what like like they don't you know like before the job before the education yeah before that's all the, of that that's, exactly it's the skin color and that always struck a nerve with me and so i know it's been difficult because my mom, like, even now, she always makes these comments. She's like, oh, like, don't go out in the sun too much. You're going to mm-hmm. get darker, whatever, whatever. And I have to constantly remind her. I'm like, I don't mind. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like getting burnt. But no, no, of like, course, yeah. I don't I don't mind at the end of the day getting darker. I don't feel any less of myself because mm-hmm. I'm darker. I honestly, like, it took me a while, too, because in elementary school, I used to also think, you know i'm just like oh like why am i dark whatever whatever but then i got older and i was just like no like i actually love the melanin like freaking wrap it yeah and it's been hard having that conversation with my mom but you know i always try i think before i like because she 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 makes comments even sometimes when she is trying to look for girls for my brother Mm -hmm. and stuff she'll make comments on their skin color like she'll be like oh she's so fair or if she sees someone pretty she'll be like like one of the first things she makes a comment on is like wow she's such a beautiful complexion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i realize instead like i realize me saying oh um you know you should not comment on that getting mad at her for that I realized that the root of it comes from her personal experience yeah. and trying to be protective. So instead, how I've handled the conversations has been me just complimenting her. I'll tell her That's when so she looks good, pretty. Man. Like when good she sends me photos, I'll like tell her. And I will make her feel beautiful. Yeah. It's so sentimental. Cups of the rose. But like, <laughs> I'll make her feel beautiful so that she realizes that it is possible to feel beautiful with dark skin mm-hmm. and if she can feel that way then what like everyone else can feel that way there is no nothing saying that someone is dark just because someone's dark they're not beautiful you know mm-hmm. like so that's been a conversation i've had to have mm-hmm. but you handle that really well i think um just like wow i didn't even know you started <laughs> doing that but like that is such a great way to handle it and like again like understanding where the other person Mm -hmm. is coming from especially when it's your parent will allow you to have i feel much more productive conversations with them about these types of things yeah and like you see like you went from probably like being upset with her about this at one point to like understanding and like being compassionate about it so Mm -hmm. like that's so good yeah i'm happy and i know like even now she doesn't 100 percent believe it when i say something Mm -hmm. but i know that's just the most effective way to tackle it Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day their ideas are shaped by their experience and things that Mm -hmm. they've been told and guys my grandma i'll talk about her later but she's such a wholesome person she literally like my grandma and my mom were the closest like the closest from all her siblings and she tells my mom all the time she's like 
you have the best features in the house you're so pretty like my mom my grandma is the most adorable human being and so um you know I think my mom having her mom's support and her daughter's support it's just it's gonna make things better hopefully so if your parents have these ideas I think definitely trying to find the root of Mm -hmm. where they maybe got it and finding a progressive way to talk to them or discuss the issue yeah it's definitely a great way to go um talking about issues issues. this isn't an issue but it's definitely a big topic marriage Mm, oh yes marriage is a huge topic especially Kavi and I are both girls so it's definitely something that has been talked about in our homes um one thing I will say though in my house um whenever marriage comes up (laughs) my grandpa um (laughs) he hates the topic so so much he tells like literally when anybody I'm 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 almost 22 now and and so many people have been like oh my god she's gonna be 25 soon like what's the situation do you have a boyfriend like you know should we start looking for boys for you and if you dare say this in front of my grandfather he will literally like it's just not a <laughs> he'll good pick thing up the rolling pin. no facts no he he'll be like why do you need to talk about that she still needs to study she has to still establish her career and i will always love my grandpa Aww. for that there's never been obviously any type of force in terms of marriage in my family but mm-hmm. the fact that he still him being such an old soul and like having like been married at like a pretty young age um and like having gone through all of that for him to still say like mm-hmm. school you know your career everything like that comes before you wanting to settle down and find someone is just it's very like i don't know i've i find it's, a lot of peace in that i have a question yeah did your grandparents um did they grow up like when india was colonized or wait, was it called? Yeah, when yes. when did the, uh, the British no no no, win? it wasn't. Sorry, okay, it wasn't. I think my my grandpa was born when Gandhi was still alive. Oh, okay, um, and then yeah, so they I think India was free once they when they were married. India was free. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, so so that's one thing. Like for for me, like at least in my family, it's always been like okay, settle like your career education everything needs to be established first then we'll have talks about marriage how about how about you How's that's cute the so the reason i asked that question yeah. is my grandparents so my mom's parents they grew up in the main city of of sri lanka and mm-hmm. they were there while the british were still ruling so mm-hmm. it's really funny because all my family like my grandparents they all have very english names mm. and they all their first language was pretty much almost english oh, like really? they they went okay. to they went to boarding schools my grandma went to a boarding school that was run by catholic nuns from england oh really okay i didn't so know that yeah they um okay well she went to a catholic boarding school but either way she was exposed to a very i guess um a more western mindset mm-hmm. Which, you know, we don't stand for the British rule, like, we're getting coming and taking over Sri Lanka. But there, because she grew up in that, and then my dad's parents, on the other hand, grew up in a village. Like, a mm. village in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not associated with anyone of, like, anyone of a Western mindset. So, both my grandparents, from both sides of the family, have very different views. Like, my grandma, um, the one that grew up with, I guess, in the... In the British rule, mm-hmm. she has a lot of Western views. Like she believes in like really? education. Okay. She's like a lot 
she's a lot more progressive uh you know even in dating like she would mm-hmm. always ask me when I was a kid not to pressure me but just mm-hmm. like for gossip like hot gossip like so like who are the what's boys? going on yeah I don't want to make it sound like the British taking over was a good thing but I it just was mean, not but like I'm I, talking I about the mindset difference yeah. whereas my dad's parents are a lot lot more traditional like yeah. my grandma on my dad's side literally got she never finished school she went her sole purpose that she believed when she was born was to be married and have kids Mm. so she married my grandpa and then she had kids at like Mm -hmm. 16 so Mm -hmm. it's there's a big cultural difference Mm -hmm. and i think that shaped a lot of their viewpoints that that's basically why i was but that's interesting because like my grandparents like definitely got married in a village and Mm. then they moved then they moved around uh, then they like moved out of the village and stuff but like I don't know, like, this has always been his mentality. And, like, my grandma has been the same way. So I think that's super impressive. Yeah, I don't know where... You know where it came from? It's because... Oh, I think this is why. His... My grandfather's parents, one was... His dad was a doctor, Mm -hmm. and his mom was a teacher. And for Mm -hmm. even his mom to, like, be a teacher and working at that time, I feel, like, I think that might have been something that definitely stuck with him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That... Yeah, I just find that really impressive because I know how much your environment affects yeah. how what your beliefs obviously. And my my mom's parents definitely had they were in a completely different environment than my dad's parents. Like they mm-hmm. grew up with foreigners and they grew mm-hmm. up speaking English. They grew up like witnessing marriage, divorce, all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, for my dad's parents, I feel like if you say divorce, might as well just, you know, peace out. Like, oh man. You're, yeah. Sh- sh- like shunned from the family yeah but um on the topic of marriage Mm -hmm. taking it a slightly different direction is my mom somehow even though my mom's parents were super liberal and whatever it skipped a generation with my mom and her beliefs so she was very like for her when she had me this does not apply to my brother marriage was a top priority Mm -hmm. yeah she cared about education but definitely, it was not like get educated first and then married second. It was marriage. Even now, she probably is low-key hoping I'm going to get married in like three years, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, she was also super strict on cultural things, like mm. cultural synergy, I guess. Yeah. So for her, he had to be Sri Lankan. He had to be of the same religion. He mm-hmm. had to, you know, be a good boy that could speak the mother tongue, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that was her rule. Like, she would absolutely not even want to hear about me being in a relationship with someone who, even if he didn't meet one of those criteria, it Mm -hmm. was not good. Not good. And my dad never said anything, but I honestly think he never said anything just because he was like, eh, my mom is doing all the talking. She's dealing with it, yeah. She's dealing with it. Um, And obviously, growing up in Canada, growing up in a diverse environment yeah i have never had feelings for i've never had a crush on a sri lankan boy that mm-hmm. filled all the criteria of my mother there mm-hmm. even there wasn't they weren't even like any around yeah and i knew very early on i knew that i would most likely if i do end up with someone it's not going to be someone who fills the criteria of mm-hmm. my mother and um when i was 16 and also, I, I'm going to say, like, some of this was rebelliousness. You know, when your parents push an idea very hard and you want to stray away from it. So mm-hmm. I still don't know if that's what the main cause is. Mm-hmm. But 
I had an explosive fight with my mom when I was 16 in grade 10. I wasn't even in a relationship, okay? And I just went off. She made a comment about marriage. I think I said some guy was handsome, like someone we saw. She was just like, oh, but you can never marry him because he's uh, not this. Yeah. I went off. Like, mm. I was just like, I don't understand how you could be making the decisions for who I would get to spend my life mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just want me to be happy? Why don't you think I could be happy with someone of another race or yeah. another whatever, whatever? And bro, this conversation did not end up well. Like she was crying. Okay. Oh man. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Was that bad? Okay. Yeah. It was bad. Like my mom was crying and she was like, I want to know an obedient daughter. You know, this, mm-hmm. I feel like this, you know, brown, like at least 90% of brown girls have had this experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and it was a big bad conversation but at the end of the day i got my points out i made it very firm like i did not succumb i did mm-hmm. not say when she started crying okay i'm sorry you're crying i'm gonna don't worry i'll Do find a Sri Lankan yeah. boyfriend whatever yeah um and honestly after that argument like i don't remember much of it afterwards but after that point she has never made a comment about it like she's completely i wouldn't say completely open but i know when i make comments sometimes about like a guy who's handsome or if he's a different race whatever Mm -hmm. she's like okay that'll be cute she looks at pictures of like mixed babies with me sometimes that's so funny and like you know like if if there is like someone who is of a different race um that she that i say is attractive she's like yeah like he could bring this to the table like you know like wow she and, and the thing is, I don't think she says it because she's genuinely 100% okay with it. I think deep down inside, she still wants, obviously, the, her checklist to be met. Yeah. But I think she's come to a point of understanding, like, after we've had these arguments, um, that at the end of the day, like, what I said was right, right? Like, I'm going to be the person married. Mm-hmm. And I will never pick someone in the first place who won't mesh with my family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what race you are. You know, if you don't vibe with my family, if you don't respect my family yeah. and my culture, then I will not pick you in of the first course. place. Of course. Yeah. And so I think when my mom realized that, that was when she was like, okay, I just want, I know she'll make the right decision of who she picks and ends mm-hmm. up with, and I will leave it to her. And she, and I feel like she would also rather have that, like, that peace with you that, mm-hmm. like, okay, my daughter is saying this, like, let me hear her out and and i don't know that like fulfilled rather than her own checklist of like yeah. what she wants yeah. for you you know and i think my family has seen its own fair share of like ugly marriages mm-hmm. and divorces and stuff where i think my mom understands seeing all of that that you could have two people who complete each other's checklists mm-hmm. but still do not make each other happy in any way mm-hmm. yeah. that it's like you know what why am i being so hard on this when i know she'll make a good decision mm-hmm. i know whoever ends up being part of our family like they'll be part of our family of course yeah and one thing she always said to me which is what i think is the root of most brown parents most immigrant parents the root of their concern is if you marry outside of your race or someone of a different culture you're going to lose your culture Mm -hmm. and you won't be able to pass it on to your Mm -hmm, kids mm -hmm. and whatever i think that is a root for a lot of those concerns because they feel like okay you're if you marry a white guy for example you are going to you're just you're gonna start what going to church you're gonna Mm. ditch the temple Mm -hmm. you're gonna you know get your 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 kids are not gonna follow any religion it's just gonna be messy they're not gonna learn the language and for me i know i was very rebellious as a kid i was very like i don't associate with my culture (laughs) Mm -hmm. but over the most recent years i've definitely gotten more cultural and more appreciative of the culture and the religion that i have Mm -hmm. and so i know 
if I have kids, if I marry someone, I want them, if it's a diverse household, it's going to be a diverse household, meaning that they're going to know my culture. They're going to be half of me mm-hmm. and half of whoever the heck I marry. Yeah. No, and I think like talking about culture in that sense, um, it also just comes down to like, again, as you said, like you um, in the sense that if you are not willing to bring that anyways like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be there you know what i'm saying like it's still like of course your parents want you to like have that sustained but if you were never comfortable with it in the first place it literally does not matter who you marry it would just never come about you know yeah and some people are so scared to have these conversations with their parents because they're like there's no way it's going to end well like Mm -hmm. even if you're dating someone of a different race for example and you want to introduce them to your family there is that fear they're like no it's just easier to lie about it and keep it secret than tell my family and Mm -hmm. can have them explode but the thing is i think sometimes it's just better to get that explosion out of the way yeah because once the initial anger and the shock and whatever the once that is out there it's out there and then you could hopefully work on dealing with it Mm -hmm. which is why like my conversations with my mom like that I said I I gave I told you guys about the tipping point but there were many smaller conversations that happened before that Mm -hmm. this was just where it kind of exploded and Mm -hmm. I needed that explosion to happen for it to resolve Mm -hmm. so just something to keep in mind yeah Speaking of moms, my mom is pretty cool. Um, we love you, Nalima. <laughs> she's probably listening to this, and she's probably smiling as I say, <laughs> like as I say this. But um, no, honestly, like I, growing up, I definitely kept my fair share of secrets from my parents, as any kid does. Like there's certain things that I just didn't tell them because I knew that it would get like it would not have a good reaction. But there was a point in, I think, like the eighth grade when I was just constantly lying to my parents and I was not like feeding them the right information. And it just it really made our relationship like it just it was not a good time. My parents did not trust me at all. I was pretty much on lockdown, wasn't allowed to go anywhere. When I hit high school, um, it began like that, but it got better because I legit just started telling them the truth. Like I just told them I was like, I'm going here and or like I'd like to go at that point it was like I'd like to go here can I go here if it was okay with them they would let me go and so when I started doing that little by little basically I started gaining their trust again um and at this point in my life like my mom knows everything (laughs) she I tell her everything and having that level of transparency with her has been really really good for me and it's definitely made my relationship with her a lot healthier I know that with a lot of our parents we don't have that option sometimes you just can't tell your parents anything um because that's the dynamic but it honestly feels like like a big big privilege Mm -hmm. to be able to talk to mom and like I don't know again as I said earlier like sometimes she won't be okay with the things that I'm doing and that's Mm -hmm understandable 100 percent. she never did half the things that i'm doing now you know at her age you know at that point yeah exactly so like for me to just be i think able to open up with her and be like hey mom like this is what's going on and she'll definitely give me her opinion and she'll trust me i'll know if she doesn't like it (laughs) but to have her know is really nice and so even when my friends come over and then one of them is like you know, auntie, you know about Juhi's six boyfriends or you know about this boy over here. She's like, yeah, I know. My my mom's like, yeah, I know. Like, he's doing well over there. The other (laughs) one's doing well. I'm like, damn, I love you, mom. Like, you, it's just so nice. And then even at the end of that, she'll be like, no, I trust Juhi. 
Like, I know she's doing the right Hold thing. On. Can we just pause and say that Juhi really said she had six boyfriends? Okay, I have negative five boyfriends, guys. <laughs> no, she has seven. <laughs> my, my six side tings. <laughs> seven, seven, you're right. Seven, one yeah. in every continent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, yeah, so, like, it's come to the point where, like, somebody could tell my mom the craziest thing about me and like she just will be like yo if he like she would have told me you know mm-hmm. and so that's been really good to have i think and like that's definitely made me more i've literally wanted to tell her things like something will happen that like you would ideally tell your best friend like i would go tell kavia and then she's like I mom tell my mom <laughs> i'll be like my kavia will be like yo does mom know i'll yeah. be like yeah she knows like yeah. <laughs> and and that's such a good i think that's like the ideal relationship you want to mm-hmm. have with your parents no matter who they are um and here's where we have opposing experiences because my parents have always been chill in Mm -hmm. terms of letting me go out whatever but i did say earlier they let me go out with at the assumption that i'm being a good kid which i'm not always i'm most of the time i am a good kid but not all the time and i know with my parents there are definitely topics that are no no like we don't talk about so you know i'll just get to it so anything to do with intimacy anything to do with alcohol anything to do with clubbing Mm -hmm. even just any of that stuff it is completely taboo we do not talk about it um alcohol is a big one because i feel like even like the intimacy stuff and maybe like clubbing whatever a lot of parents would not talk about that anyways Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of parents that are okay with drinking for example or even if they're not okay with it they'll hear you out Mm -hmm. whereas my parents both of them neither of them drink and they are very very firm on the belief like you should not drink Mm -hmm. either alcohol is not good for you and you know what i agree but also i am a young adult like Mm -hmm. things happen and so these topics as i think as you get older and older they become I don't want to say alcohol becomes more prevalent in your life, but, you know, you go out more, you meet people, whatever, whatever. And it felt at a point that I was hiding a big part of my life from them because I wasn't able to tell them about, you know, university experiences sometimes. If I ha- I don't have a relationship, but if I did have a relationship, I feel like I would definitely not be open to telling my parents about details. I've never had that relationship where I could ask them for advice on mm-hmm. certain things. And that is okay to yeah, you know sometimes sure. i mean i could maybe it would end up being an explosive argument and they would be okay at the end of the day but i just know that there's just certain things that i know that my parents would not be okay with mm-hmm. and there's a sense of like you don't want to disappoint them um and it's not even disappointment i just know they would straight up probably disown me mm-hmm. but instead of using that as a reason to be distant from your parents and not talk to them like find things that you can talk to them about. yeah exactly call my parents almost every day and i talk to them for like an hour an hour and a half every day and most of the time like even throughout undergrad i did this and obviously i'm not telling them about 60 70 percent of what's happening Mm -hmm. behind the scenes but i would talk to them about the 30 40 percent and that was always good so I'm just saying, like, you know, just because I understand for the people that can't have a completely transparent relationship mm-hmm. with their parents, but rather than letting that overbear you and feel like, oh, I can't talk to them about anything, find the things you can talk about, bond over that, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, and also like understand, I think I somebody told me about this, like, it was really cool in the sense that um, you, we can't expect like our parents to give us everything in the sense that like, 
they can't be our best friend and then also like be our discipliner yeah. and then like i don't know if that's a word but or you know what i'm saying so like okay if you can talk to them about the 30 40 percent great have that indulge in that but then you can find other outlets or other people to talk about that mm-hmm. other 60 70 percent you know and then still be fulfilled in every way and then continue to have that healthy relationship with your parents yeah Obviously, more transparency is better, but I understand there's limitations. Yeah, and, and I, I think, like, when I when I think of transparency, I think it's just easier. Like, for me, like, it's just been, it's been really easy, and that's why I think it's something that I've, like, always, like, legit with my friends, I'll be like, why don't you just tell your parents? And I get it, like, it's it's obviously not easily done, but if there's a chance that you can do that, I would definitely yeah. recommend <laughs> And so I think we're going to wrap up soon. But one thing I do want to put out there is don't underestimate how progressive your parents might actually be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know with the situations going on in the world, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of conflict. I, I wouldn't say conflict, but there is, for example, mm. you know, I think in South Asian culture alone, there's a lot of internal racism, mm-hmm. whether it's with people of your own kind of different or people from the same country but of a different kind or people from other countries or you know there's the colorism issues there's all of that and then you know stuff like black lives matter happen Mm -hmm. and it's just like how do i have a progressive conversation with my parents Mm -hmm. about black lives matter and what's going on in the states you know Mm -hmm. when they might be they might be perpetuating some of the stereotypes that are what started the problem in the first mm-hmm, place. Mm-hmm. And I I remember I was super nervous because I'm like, dang, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, my parents, like most other South Asian parents, I feel like they make a lot of jokes. Mm. Um, but even those jokes, I just got, I just got really nervous. I'm like, how am I going to have a talk to them about Black Lives Matter? And so I remember sending the link to the George Floyd petition and, um, one of the donation things and I sent it to my dad on whatsapp and I sent him like a paragraph explaining what the situation is why as South Asians we have a responsibility almost Mm. to support these issues and to bring them to light because our culture does not help black lives matter like our like I don't mean to say like our culture but I mean the mindset that a lot of people have Mm -hmm. like the racism and stuff it is very prominent in South Asian culture yeah 100% and I think just in any immigrant culture. And so I wrote a whole paragraph for that. And my dad responded. He was like, okay, darling, I already signed the petition. I posted it on Facebook. You didn't How see. sweet, yeah. And I was so shook. I tell you, I was shook to my core. I was like, wait, hold up. What? Yeah. When? Yeah. How? And so that was just, you know, a good reminder that, you know, our parents are always learning. Sometimes they've made mistakes. Um and sometimes they'll learn on their own. Like, I'm pretty sure my parents learn, learned the issues on their own and they still have, you know, they might not understand everything. But it's definitely a good thing to encourage your parents to be progressive and mm-hmm. to have important conversations with them about situations. I use Black Lives Matter, but this goes for any type for of social anything, issue. Yeah. And like the next time that you do have a conversation and you find yourselves getting really upset or really heated about that topic because like your parent isn't understanding where you're coming from, just try to take a little breather, step back and understand where they're coming from 
And I feel like it'll definitely push for something that's much more productive. And I feel like it'll at least give you a bit of like, you know, contentness at the end of it. Yeah. And just like I said earlier, like we both said earlier, coming to a midpoint, it might not be, you know, you make the whole journey with them. But even just any step. It's progress. It's progress. It's progress. And just, yeah, like they come from 30, 40 years of history, you know, wherever they've like from whatever country they're from. So, you know, like mending their ideologies and and going about it that way is something that's very hard for them to do. So I think even just appreciating and acknowledging like, thank you for like hearing me out even like that's a big deal because I definitely know that my parents never had that experience with their parents. You know, it was never a conversation. It was always this is what it is, this is what you need to believe, and my parents went about it, you know? So the fact that I'm able to even have a conversation now mm-hmm. is is really, really nice. Yeah, and this is just a little lighthearted story to end off the thing mm-hmm. with progressive. So like I said, my grandma is a lot more progressive, I think, in her beliefs and mm-hmm. her views than my mom. But I also think that might be just because she's older, she softened up a little. And, yes. you know, I'm the only granddaughter she has. She has like six grandsons. So she has a soft spot for me. Mm-hmm. But um, when I went to ask my mom, this was actually about a piercing. I went to ask her about getting my belly pierced when yeah. I was in like second year. I was going through a phase. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was with my grandma at that time and I'm Skyping them. And I'm like, hey, for my birthday, can I get my belly pierced? My mom's face, she was like do you want to look like a hooker? Oh my God. Right? Like she dead ass. She like stopped like her face, like straightened. And she's like, I do not support this, blah, blah, blah. And then my grandma is in the background and she looks up. She's like, a belly piercing? Yeah. You have to in a belly piercing. You know what? Your girl your, so sweet. She's like, get your eyebrow pierced. Get your nose piercing. You, know, you can get any tattoos you want. I, say, I still think you would look beautiful. And oh, my mom man. was literally so annoyed with my grandma. She was like, yo, like, shut up. You know, she didn't say it. But yeah, yeah, I could yeah. tell. Anyways, I ended up getting that. But I also ended up getting my cartilage pierced that year. And um, I took my belly piercing out. Um, but... My cartilage, which my grandma also encouraged, she's like, "Yeah, like get anything you want, whatever." So I went and got my cartilage. <laughs> it got infected and it left a huge scar she has a on my fat ear. Bump. No, it's gone. Oh, now. it's gone now. Oh, yeah, still, I never got mind. It cut off. But oh, yes, you did. You did. <laughs> so I had like the scar and like something happened to my ear, so it got cut off. Um, and I remember my mom literally looked at my grandma when I got the infection. She was like. This is your oh my fault. God. See what happens Mad, when, you're, when you grandma. let these girls do whatever they want. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, this is a long one. Yeah, but, but it was definitely fun. Um, go hug your parents. Yeah, Give go a kiss on the cheek. Julia the sweater, call your mother. Yeah, call your mom if you haven't called. Call your dad. Yeah. Send them some love. You know, call your grandparents. Call whoever it is that yeah. took care of you. and you Feed your heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... Thanks for listening in again. Yeah, and shout out to Barna for, I feel like it was her suggestion. Yeah, that she did this suggest idea. this. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thanks, girl. Okay. Okay. We're yeah. going to peace out. Yeah. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye.